Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to an episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. It's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. And as you can hear, there's water in the background. We are coming to you live from the hot tub in sunny Orlando, Florida. It is the wintertime here, so usually you would think, why are you in a hot tub in Florida? But uh, it's actually gotten pretty cold this week. We're down on vacation with some family friends of ours, and we are joined tonight, returning guest of the show, Aaron Robertson from Monday's show, and uh, Noah Hunt is also joining us. So how y'all doing tonight, guys? Doing great. Glad feeling to be here. Feeling fantastic. I'm excited. Hot tub is a very generous term. This is a lukewarm tub. Yeah, this sure. is like this water is like when you feel when your bath like just starts getting. I almost want to like turn it off. Literally, like what is it even what is it even doing right now? <laughs> but it's like when your bath water gets cold. Mm-hmm. Y'all take baths. I don't know. I mean, three guys in a hot tub talking about taking baths. I don't yeah, know how that sounds. I don't know how that sounds about starting the show. But uh, yeah, we just was like, hey, let's go. Let's go talk about <laughs> life and business and things. Um, Give us a little rundown. So we talked to Aaron on Monday about kind of what your position is, Chick-fil-A, position of leadership there. You've been doing that for a while. And Noah, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you got going on. Y'all, you're in a big like phase of life right now. You just got married, um, started the business as well. So just kind of give us the rundown on that. Are you the – only, the only thing I would say, are you pushing that jet like that or is it – No, it's doing itself. My gosh, this thing is loud. Yeah, People think we're probably like in Niagara <laughs> Falls, but – uh, well, maybe some people like it. Maybe it's ASMR. If you hate it, just tune off and come back for the next one. Tell us about yourself, Noah. They're going to hear some good stuff. So yeah, I know. You don't want to miss it. That's a loss. Uh, yeah, like you said, just got married. Love it. Uh, but went completely 180. Uh, I, you know, I went to college. I was going to be a professor. That was my dream. Wanted to lead and teach and, and do those things. So I always had that passion for leading, but it was going to be in the – uh, teaching kids um, stuff, and now I'm, it's going to be more world life applicable of the stuff that I learned throughout grad school and undergrad. And, uh, so, man, I, I really what what happened was I couldn't get a job. Any, anyway, I applied to I think sixty something places right after I finished grad school and couldn't even get an email back. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean nothing. Um, and so I was like stressing. Obviously, me and my wife, we were like, you know, what are we going to do? Um, and you know, she's been amazing through all of it. And so, a friend of hers his her husband he came to me and was like hey man i started this company i really want someone to go in with me and i just kind of told him what i do which really my background is strategic communication which is business and branding and and things of that matter and leadership like the full title of it is is strategic communication and leadership and so i went into that and told him about what i do and and he was like that's exactly what i'm looking for so officially the title is is uh, director of of operations, but I mean, me and him are, have just gone into it as, as business partners, and we have we sit around and talk and have many dreams to, to open a lot of stuff. But right now, it's the moving company, and it uh, we just we had six jobs in a row, I think, this week, which was the most we've had in a row. The most we have in a month, I think, is ten. So yeah. we're six months old now. I think we're going. This will be the sixth month. So that's crazy. It's been six months. I did not realize it's been that long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much in its infancy. So that's that's cool to hear that that's up and running. Uh, you talk about going to grad school and trying to be a professional things. 
What was the leading like? What, what was your original thoughts for doing that? Were you just like, do you like giving to kids, like teaching them life principles? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, well, I was the guy that didn't really want to go to college. Um, we were actually talking about earlier taking our ACT and stuff. I. I didn't even really apply to colleges or anything. I went to a junior college just because, I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went there, um, went off to the University of Alabama, and I changed my major a bunch. I ended up in communication just because uh, I took a test and it kind of put, put me in that direction. And I took a public speaking course. Went through that public speaking course, and then uh, after that, I went through advanced public speaking, and they asked me to tutor it. And uh, I tutored my The first girl I ever tutored, the first kid was this girl I tutored her. I remember she sent me an email and was like, thank you so much. I just aced my speech. And I think that was the, like, man, I like that. Like, giving someone a piece of knowledge and them saying, I did something with what you gave me. Mm, yeah. That was the start of, like, I want to do this. And so I just went, I just ran with it. Yeah, that's some, of the, that's some of the most, like, humbling messages that we get on the show is like, hey, you talked about this. You taught us how to do it. And then we went and implemented it. Um, that's really good. I mean, Aaron, you work public public relations, uh, general public is who you kind of work with, so yeah. it kind of it feels like public relations sometimes. But how have you learned the art of communicating over those years? And then we'll second that to you, Noah. Yeah, it's definitely something for me that's been more of a learned skill because uh, I was pretty quiet when I first started. There was uh, two different Aarons at the Chick-fil-A I started at, and uh, the first one was Aaron, and I was quiet Aaron. That's <laughs> what they called me at the beginning. Okay. I was not very communicative. Um, didn't really see the value in it, but then just over time, I had a, a general manager at the Parkway location who was a great communicator. Yeah. He was a great orator. He um, like was great at giving like context and like just kind of seeing him, you know, model it, and also me being able to learn from him. I was like, hey, this is really effective and it's helpful. And so, okay, it's a tool that can be used. Let me learn how to do it. And I think for me, especially in, like one-on-one -on -one conversations, like in the office or wherever, like. That's where I've learned a lot about how to get, you know, from point A to point B and not from like a manipulation aspect, but like, hey, how to ask the right questions. So I think that there's a quote by John Maxwell that says, you know, great leaders ask great questions. And I think a lot yeah. of people, you know, want to just talk a lot, but it's like if you want to really communicate to someone else, especially in one-on-one -on -one settings, asking a ton of questions. Yeah, that's something I've tried to work on and learn in two years of doing the podcast is like, I've interviewed guests that are worth multi, multi, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's like, how do you talk to them? <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm not on their level at all. But you just learn and you and you learn to listen. That's the thing. Like, I think I've realized the most is public speaking, just communication in general. If you read the book, it should be mandatory high school reading. I preach on this all day long. Uh, how to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yep. It's one of the most influential books I've ever had in my life. And it's like... You, it, it teaches you how to speak. It teaches you how to communicate. It teaches you how to make friends mm -hmm. and build relationships. And so I think that's huge. You talk about not wanting to communicate in the beginning, being like a little introverted and things, being quiet. Also, but you also like a first-hand example of that is your cousin, right? Like speak to that a little bit about how um, how he's kind of moved his way through life without without much like of an education. I mean, I don't, he doesn't have much of an education, right? Yeah, he's got uh, high school. He did some college, but he didn't graduate. Yeah, college. I mean, just... You don't have to talk specifics, but share a little bit like how he's used literally just his just his ways of communication to move his way up the ladder in life. Yeah, he's always been a great you know connector with people and also a great communicator. And uh, he actually so he's in my wedding. This is January 2016, and then like the week after um, our wedding, he moved to um, Italy to be an au pair, so like a you know like a nanny. 
And then, like, from that, like, he connected with who he was pairing for, the guy who owned, like, five or six companies, kind of learned things from him. And then, like, through, like, just really the his ability to connect. And he's a really smart guy as well. Like, he's now in, like, finance. And he really, like, I talked to him on the phone earlier, and he said his, what he says he does now is he connects you know, people with, you know, an idea with people who need um, funding and yeah. he, just, he just connects with people and he's a connector and like he's like I said literally just which comes back to communicating yeah like and uh, he like and he's a great like questions like person he's really interested in people and like so he'll you know sit around and just ask people like questions about their lives questions about what they do and he's actually interested and that's that's something from that book you know it's like mm-hmm. hey you actually have to care you can't just hey let me check this off the list and ask them about themselves like if you're actually genuinely interested in people that comes across for sure, which is something that you have to work. I have to work on. Like it's it's it, and I think that's just human nature. Like you sit here, you have conversation, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you obviously like talking about yourself. Piss with people. It just is what it is. It's human nature. So like, if you want to be a, a like a master communicating, you have to sit back and say, let them talk about themselves. I don't need to talk about myself. Let's just pay attention to them, and in turn, they're gonna like build that relationship with you because they know that you care about that i mean what what are your what's your advice from like public speaking courses and things like that yeah i mean it's funny y'all we're talking about uh you know being an introvert and stuff and i i was the exact opposite i grew up an extrovert and so for me it was like i was the kid that, that needed to learn how to shut up a little bit and so I, right. I had public speaking down i can get in front of my audience get in front of people i can talk about myself can talk about anything and so something i had to learn is exactly what you just mentioned was listening and i didn't even realize that communicating isn't the word just the words that come out of your mouth it's the nonverbals we we, mm-hmm. we, we yep. do it's it's the way we listen and so for me uh i had to say okay yeah you can you can get in front of a crowd of people and talk but do you invest in people do you care about people do you care what they have to say and i think that that was something that i really started to and it, like you're saying you do have to practice it i mean yeah. to really care about people and so i think when I got into grad school, I spent a lot of time because, you, you know, you mentioned your friends not, not educated, and I'm not one of those people that think, oh, you need to go get a degree and stuff like that because really what helped me wasn't what my teachers said in class. It was that I would stay after class and ask them more questions. I would yeah. listen to them. I, and once you get to, to grad school, you, you, at least where I was at, the teachers kind of saw us on their level, so it was really normal for me to hang out with them outside of school to go grab a coffee with them. And so that's something that you don't have to be enrolled in a school to do is go get with someone who knows more than you, yeah. who, who has, you've seen, has started a business up, is someone that's successful, someone that has made, uh, you know, self-made, and go sit down with them and say, what, what is it that, that, you know, you did to get here? And that's what I did in grad school with my professors because I was interested in that career path. And that's where I learned, was not talking in front of all those kids, but when I would step away from it and talk to the guy who was, who was there, who was doing it. Yeah, no, that's huge. I've said this and talked about this on all, almost every one of our shows, I feel like. Uh, I feel like me and Savannah are pretty young in our in our life, and I'm 20, I just turned 24 like last week. Savannah's 25, and we still have so much to accomplish in life, but we're, we're doing all right. Like, we're doing all right in life, and it's a big reason, I think, that, I, that we're in that position, like starting a business out of high school and, and having somewhat of what you would call some worldly success or whatever. Uh, is because I've always surrounded myself with people who are older than me and people mm-hmm. who are wiser. Like, none of my friends are my age. I'm the youngest of everybody. Like, everybody I'm friends with, like, told me happy birthday last week. Like, how old are you now? I told them how old they were. Like, no, like, you're kidding me. There's no way. <laughs> and it's like, not because we've done anything. It's simply because that's who I choose to surround myself with. And when you do that, like, you 
It's something my kid, my parents always told me when I was growing up and always told me. And I was like, it's so annoying to hear as a kid, but like, we're just wiser. That's what they're all, like, we just, we just have years of knowledge. When they're 40 and you're 17 and you're like, you think you know best. Yep. And you don't want to understand, you don't want to listen to them at that point. But it's so true. Like, it's so true. Just the, those years of wisdom. I mean, um, and you kind of are that way, right? Like, you've gotten around some mentors that are older than you, Aaron, uh, yeah. in, in Mark and mm-hmm. things. So, um, yeah, and it's funny, my, my, cousin jerry we talked about earlier he literally said today he's like he's talking about like this group he was hanging out with he's like i'm by far the dumbest person and he yeah. said and the the poorest person in that room and he's like i love it yeah he's like that's where i want to be yeah <laughs> and to give some context here this dude's hanging out with 100 millionaires yeah on a, on a daily basis yeah correct i mean that that's it just is what it is because he puts himself in the right place at the right time he listens to people and it's communication it's nothing that he can like like Oh, I did this. I mean, you kind of can because he's learned how to communicate. But mm-hmm. it's just like he he's perfected things and he's perfect and got in the right circles. Yeah. Um, your network is your net worth. People say that all the time. It's a, it's a cliche thing, but it's very true. Um, it's very, very true. So tell me about – let's talk about – this is kind of an odd one. Uh, talk about firing a little bit. You've been in a position that you've had to let people go. Um, I think that's something that's hard for guys if you're young in business. You hire your first employees. It's hard for me. We've had it gone through that this year. I think I fired two or three guys this, just this year, and it's not easy. Um, talk about the hiring and the firing process. Like, what do you look like? Or what do you look for at, at a team like at, of Chick Fil A? You're bringing on team members. You have to have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the times it's young employees that are starting a first or second job. Like, what are some key things that you're saying? Hey, this is a good fit for our team. Bringing in the right people, but then also like when the wrong person gets brought in, how do you weed them out? Uh, and then also just, like, the actual firing process of how do you do this, res- like, like an adult and respectfully. Yeah. Yeah, there's a saying, um, slow to hire, quick to fire. And we're not always perfect with that at, you know, our restaurant. But I think, yeah. you know, we have a very elongated hiring process. And our HR director does a really good job of bringing in, you know, typically really good quality people. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to read people in, you know, interviews um, I've hired in the past. And I've definitely <laughs> totally misread Really? Uh, some people, for sure. Have you had somebody that's like a total bust? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I don't want to go into the specifics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but like, happened, he yeah. um, he was a older guy. Like, he was in his, you know, at this point, I was, you know, like, probably 28. He was, like, in his mid-30s. Yeah. And he knew what to say in the interview. Mm, yeah. He had done it a few times. He had done it a few times. And it should have been a red flag for me, not just his age, but, like, just that he had an answer for everything because it seemed too good to be true, and it, it was. Bro, we literally <laughs> went through that this year. The and, last person we hired, yeah. And, it, like, he ended in, like, a really bizarre way, like, just got in our group chat and was, like, cussing up a storm and, like, really? walked out. Of the, it, was, it was wild, and I was like, that's on me. <laughs> but so, anyway, like I said, it's, it's hard to always, you know, get it right at the beginning, but typically we do a really good job of that. And I think for us it comes down to, like, like cultural things. Like, you know, we can – be a little more patient with someone who's like slow to learn a position or not moving as fast but if they're you know clearly not a good fit for the culture like they're you know disrespectful or they're you know obviously like using profanity or things like that like it's 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 very clear especially when you have a good culture when someone's not a good fit for it typically they they kind of stick out and uh, you know we say this in our orientation that like hey typically you know the bad apples will weed themselves out um, you know or we'll find them and weed them out but it really is pretty clear when they are bad apples because of just the culture that we have at the store. So that's kind of the process. Now we got to go through proper documentation and all that as well, just so, you know, we don't get sued, even though, you know, we can 
technically in Alabama terminate for no reason. Yeah. You still have to, you know, document it. Um, as far as the termination process, this is something that I've had to learn. And that general manager I mentioned earlier, Luke, he kind of taught me, like, be very quick and concise with it and don't make it a long conversation. Because mm-hmm. I have did that the first couple ones, tried to, you know, just, like, talk them through. Because I really cared. I wanted, you know, some of them, like, we yeah. fire, like, they're good kids. They're just, they're dumb or they're, they're not where they need to be, and we don't want them they to. They just know, make a bad decision. Bad decision, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, or just, you know, they just have a really bad upbringing they can't overcome. And uh, trying to like talk them through things, and it just gets really hard during the conversation. So trying to separate it, be like, hey, here's the business decision, and there is some like, hey, if you want to reach out afterwards, you know, we'll connect. And I, I've kept, you know, some good relationships with people I've fired over the years. Um, it's funny we had a we have a Chick Fil A or it was a church league that actually um, Jeremiah and you know Noah's played in one time, and uh, this is years ago, but I actually fired a guy one day. And then he was on the team, and I played with him that night. No way. <laughs> in basketball, yeah. And, he didn't uh, pass you the ball at all. <laughs> uh, we actually played pretty well together because he, he understood that it was, you know, for the right reason. Yeah. And uh, um, he says, hey, to me, if it comes to the store now. Um, so really? I feel like it's – if you do it the right way, do it with respect. And, you know, like I said, like I've learned to try to keep it more concise. Um, typically, they can go pretty well. It's, it's never easy. Even if, like, you're firing someone, like, for something legitimate – Unless they're, you know, just a real basket case. It really is hard because you're, like, you're telling them they're a failure in some ways and that they're yeah. not, you know, good enough for this job. And that's hard for me to say to somebody because I don't ever want to put limitations on somebody. But I think sometimes we need to hear that. Like, hey, who, you, where you are right now, are not where you need to be to be in this position. So you've got to change. And then we can't affect the change. They've got to affect the change. So you're and saying that's kind of the conversation you have with those people who don't bring, like, who don't do drugs and show up high or something. It's like that's the, that's the kind of conversation you're having with people that just aren't performing. Like they're not fitting in the culture. Yeah, like if they're if they're a good kid, like I'll try to like have that conversation more. But if yeah. it's, you know, a pretty bad apple, then we'll just it'd be pretty quick yeah. conversation. Yeah, because that, that, that's my thing. Like I think in our situation in our industry, and, and no, you'll probably see this as y'all's business grows as well. Like you start bringing on employees and things. And it's not that the employee is like bad. They might not be a bad person. They might not. They might even work pretty well. Like they might be good laborers, but they just don't fit what your company wants to do and where your company wants to go. And I think that's been the hardest thing for me this year is is one finding that person, but then two, <laughs> that thing's like turning. I'm, tr- into I'm trying to keep it out of the <laughs> water, man. <laughs> that's crazy. That thing's getting wild over there. Uh, <laughs> that that is the water. So that's what we're talking about there. Um, you get into the point of not only are you trying to find the right person but when you've built an established a culture then like when you have to let that person go it's just like figure out that conversation and I think what you're saying is right like make it quick and concise because I have somebody who is at a high level of a company like number two in the company flew made a special trip flew all the way to another state just to fire somebody and I was like how did you, like how did that go like you're firing a high level person there and he said he walked in he explained the situation he told him what he did why they were doing it and he said he got his stuff, watched him get his stuff, and he walked out of the office. And it was like a, a pretty quick process. And uh, and I think that's something, like you're saying, like quick, concise, to the point. You don't let your emotions get involved. You don't let things drag out longer than they should. Like you give me your keys, you give me the credit card back, whatever your, your employee has, mm-hmm. and you move on. Um, I think that's something that we're trying to work on as we, as we gain new employees, as we have turnover. Turnover is going to happen. Uh, but I think the culture thing is what we're looking for the hardest this year is like how we 
how we create that culture. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I think know. the thing you're hoping for, too, is people that are seeking success, when you get fired from a position, you're going to see a lot of people who say they're going to blame it on everywhere they go. They're, they're someone who's been fired from three or four different jobs. Now yeah. you're the fifth job they've been fired from. And again, and it's so sad because their mentality is just, well, that place, that my boss here was just an a-hole. Or, yeah. well, the, my people that I worked with was this. And the manager I had there, they just did you know, but you, what you hope is this, that kid or, you know, whoever it is, uh, it might be an adult, but they say, you know what, they're right. Like, I, I really, you know, screwed up here. Or I really wasn't, I was showing up late. I was, you know, I wasn't always on my best. Uh, and you, they make that change to say, well, you know, I'm not going to move forward. I know what I need to do. To, to keep that job and stay successful. And I think from what you were saying where it's like, and I don't have that experience yet of, of fire anyone. I've hired, you know, only two guys now and, and because we're only four months old. But what I have had to deal with is, is students and having to either say, hey, you're failing my class or, yeah. you know, things like that. And I think where you have to approach it from, you're talking about, you know, you don't want to say you're a failure is not that, hey, we're good and you're bad, so now we've got to separate. It's like, yeah. we're just in this place and you're in that place, and so we're not, we just don't, we're not working. Maybe yeah. you're going to go off and do something way better than I'm mm-hmm. doing now yeah. and way better than my company's doing, and that's great. I hope, I hope the best for you, but just where we're at now is not working. And, and the conversation, I always call it a compliment sandwich, and this really only works for more of a, uh, when you're, you know, getting on to someone, but it's always like you start with what you appreciate about that person, yeah. give them the critique, <clears throat> And then finish with another thing you appreciate about that person. It almost sounds like it came out of a good book. It almost it, sounds like a principle. Well, it's not. I would love to say that was mine. It was given to me by another teacher. Which, um, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, they talk about that in How to Win Friends. Yeah. yeah he, and, that's what he talks about. And so, uh, I, and I, I, unfortunately, I'll, you know, I'm not one of those people that's just full of great advice. Everything I tell you, if it sounds good, I got it from someone else who's a lot smarter than me. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's I think what, it's all of us. That's, that's how you learn, did, Yeah. yeah I mean. and, and that kid, I remember I had a kid come in, and it was just you know, he was a good kid. I loved the kid a lot, but he, it felt like every day I would have to threaten him with leaving the room or, or writing him up or something. And finally one day I just brought him along. And the first thing I said, I was like, look, I'm be honest with you, you know, blank. I was like, I, I really like you. I love having you in my class. I don't want you to leave. And I was like, told him, I was like, but you are distracting me. Everybody doing this. And then I, you know, finished up with, I hope tomorrow. And I hope following like, well, you know, you'll yep. keep coming. You'll show back up to class yeah. because when you're teaching college kids, I mean, they don't have to come back. They can just skip class all they want to. And so I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. Again, uh, that'll be something I'll have to really work on. Is It's a firing process. And where we're at now is more just building that culture like y'all talked about. Because, I mean, I've sat down for hours on end building like a training module. And, and in not just to say this is how we do everything, but this is what we expect out of you. This is the culture we're building. So, I mean, the first thing starts with our four pillars of success. Like what we think not just in our industry, but in any industry, if you follow these four things, we think you can be successful. Yeah. And because we want to bring on a group of guys that, again, are aligned with the culture that we have, and, and it's hard to do that in an interview. I mean, it's hard to be like, oh, sh- tell me a time where you showed integrity. Yeah. You know, and it's really, in some, unfortunately, sometimes it takes you hiring a few bad apples to be like, okay, these are the signs. I can figure this out in an interview next time yeah. that I missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's definitely – a process of like trial and error, I think. And, and one thing we're doing now is like we're going to start bringing on like trial. Like you're, I'm not going to hire you as a full time W two employee until you work with us for at least a week because um, we want to see if we're going to fit the culture. Like I don't want to go through all these. <coughs> if when you start hiring legitimate employees, Aaron, you know this. Like W two actual workers that are tax normal and and you have to there's a lot of reporting to do to the state it's a process it's not just some like hey come show up to work and so i don't i don't want to be doing that it's not it's not good for me to do that over and over and over again to find out like they're just a bad apple so 
we're going to start doing some type of like trial, like come work for, come test for a week, um, see if you if you like it, if you're a good fit, and then we'll go on something a little more permanent if if it is a good fit. Because you can read people usually within the first couple of days of like working on a job with somebody. Yeah, you're going to see are they stepping up to the plate? Are they are they doing things without having to be asked? And that's one of the things that I think that I try to do, giving like being in our in the leadership role of owning the company is. Like, I want to be the example. I don't ever want somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, same way as you were. Like, what's the worst job at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> Your job? No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Definitely not my job anymore. Making uh, milkshakes, uh, refilling I mean, the tea. Something probably to do with raw chicken cleaning in the back because mm-hmm. it can get gross. But you there. are at the – but I believe you and, like, I can. I know I can say this and, and know that it's true. Like, if you needed to, you would go bread the raw chicken. Mm-hmm. Like you would, you're not above them, so that you wouldn't do that. And so, like, yeah. most of those guys there probably realize that the way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. That if you needed to, you would get down there with them and you would do it. Yeah. And you're not asking them to do something that you would not do yourself. And I think that's something that's huge in building that initial culture um, is knowing that hey, there's a team of that dude came out here and turned around like four times the other night when I was out here. Uh, security, security at these places think they're just like top, like <laughs> top dogs, like. <laughs> It's wild. You know, he's got a taser in there just ready to go. 100%. <laughs> he's going to see an alligator walk out of the pond and <laughs> go after it. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping one of the alligators didn't come up. We're literally 20 feet from a pond with alligators in it <laughs> that yeah. we've seen. So hopefully they stay on in there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's <clears throat> that. it's a wild thing. that Building the culture, the firing, all of that is something that we're working on. I, and I hope this, like I said, guys, guys this is not life-changing stuff. This is just simple, like, discussions of, Things that I'm trying to do, things that obviously works in a in a scalable company such as Chick Fil A, you know, starting to do this like in their company, moving uh, as they grow. So, uh, I hope yeah. it is some benefit to you there. I mean, is there anything? What else, what are we, are we missing? Where do you want to go? Well, I was going to add on to that. I think you know one thing that helps in our business, and then probably for you guys too, like you know the your team seeing you do those jobs and and knowing that you know in our and yeah. our in, in our Chick Fil A specifically, you know, we've all worked away from the bottom up. Like we don't have any. Uh, managers or leaders that are hired from the outside so like they know that you know the things they've done that we've all done at some point in our our career and then even like you know in our position like you know I have a lot of things I do you know we have like on shift or off shift work and like you know like 95% of my work is off shift so not like in the operation but like if things are needed and like the big catering order or shorthanded like you know I'll plug in and help any of our leaders would do that I think you said like like earlier that really sets the standard of like hey what is the priority and it's the the guest experience and so if we're not setting that standard then they're not gonna filter that down yeah when we're not there mm, that's good that's I think cool. I've I've learned a lot more from bad bosses than I have mm-hmm. or at least just as much from bad bosses as I have good bosses and the one thing I've always said is you know if you have a really just crappy job and and maybe it's just because it's labor intensive or it's just bad hours whatever it may be. But you've got a boss that you would just run through a brick wall for. You're going to stay at that job longer than a yeah. job that's nice and cushy, good hours, and you just cannot stand your boss. And I think that was something that me and my business partner were really wanted to, you know, do together. Was like we want to do everything, and and right now we, we have to. I mean, we're the the marketers, the salesmen, the, the the physical laborers, but also at the same time is we want our guys to know like, hey, if somebody called out of a shift, like we're going to show up, we're going to be there. Yeah. Um, and so I think that. That's the big thing for me is is I want to be a leader that uh, that my guys want to go to bat for, and and that it comes from doing the stuff that's just not fun. 
Yeah, and the, the basics, like you talked about, you know, hey, like this stuff isn't like life changing stuff, but like, like it, it really is doing the basics right consistently. And that's, you know, what really separates, you know, Chick-fil-A from our competitors is like, we focus on the basics and we talk about the basics and we, we measure the basics and we have like, you know, structure for the basics. And that's what creates long-term success. It's like, you know, people want to look for the big thing in life, like the big movers, but it's the daily habits, the daily things you're doing every day that really creates long-term success. And it's, it's boring sometimes, but like it, it's, it's the foundation to, you know, one day having a big movement in, you know, your, your operation, your business, whatever. And it, it's really the basics that, that get you there. Yeah. You talk structure for success. Like I think that's a huge thing is in when guys, when you're not putting things, putting systems and processes in place early in your business, no, like you mentioned, some type of training manual, um, or module or whatever that, whatever it looks like for you and your company. Like I would love to see Chick-fil-A's training, training process over, a McDonald's, like it just is what it is. Like mm-hmm. I don't care to talk about people on the show. Like I would love to see the difference there, because like when you go to to a Chick Fil A or you go to a like this is a great a great example because it's fresh on our minds. You go to a Disney World per se. Oh yeah. Like Disney is huge. Like they've scaled. Like what did we say their annual revenue was? Disney is, uh, and the parks did what thirty billion last year. Yeah, thirty billion. Just between their parks. Yep. Just their it parks like in Orlando. 79, like for the whole company, right? 79 yeah. billion? Yeah. Just their theme parks did 30 billion. Billion with a B. They have successfully scaled, I would say. I've never had a bad experience with a Disney employee. Ever. I've never talked to a Disney employee where they have not been, like, happy and willing to help. And, and I haven't come a ton. I mean, I mean I'm, it happens. It happens. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, <laughs> they are in a good mood. They're willing to help the customer. And what does that come back to? It comes back to their training processes and and, and the way they're brought on and the culture that has been implemented. Mm-hmm. But it goes like, like when Walt was building his company in the very beginning, if he didn't put those things in place in the beginning with mm-hmm. two, three, four guys, same thing with Truett. Like if he didn't build that first store, or how, you probably know the history better than I do, but mm-hmm. like if you don't make that – key for your first couple employees, how are you ever going to do that at scale? The Entrepreneur Academy is your online destination for learning how to grow a successful lawn and landscaping company. Hi, this is Scott from New Jersey. I just want to say that Brian puts out some great content, definitely has helped me grow my lawn and landscape business. Just finished my fourth or fifth coaching call with Brian, and every time I get off a call, I'm definitely ready to go out there and crush it. I also just recently purchased the whole ball of wax from Entrepreneur Academy, loving all the content. Brian's definitely out there looking out for our best interest and trying to help us grow a bigger and better business. The link is in the show description. Make your business as successful as possible with training and resources from the Entrepreneur Academy. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny. Like we talk about a little bit Chick Fil Chick Fil A history and orientation, and uh, a lot of people don't know that he actually invented the chicken sandwich, like patented it, like True Kathy did. Like really? there was no two buns and a chicken fillet before him. That was like you know widespread. So he actually licensed it out to other restaurants at first because he had uh, Dwarf House's first restaurant. He sold it there, but he licensed out the chicken sandwich. And he pulled it back because of quality concerns. He wanted it to be done the right way. And he would visit places and they weren't doing it the right way. So he had that mind for quality and consistency then. 
and you go to Chick-fil-A now in Birmingham or Washington or New York, it's the same chicken sandwich because, like you said at the beginning, he was focused on quality yeah. and he built it over time. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna add those things in later on. You can, but it's a lot harder to move the ship when it's a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And you, this kind of backing up to what you were talking about a minute ago. Like, I've heard people say you've grown companies and scaled companies. Your best sales and marketing team and and, high, and HR department are your employees. Because when you have employees who are raving about like working for you and enjoying their job and enjoy their leadership and the culture that they're working in, they're gonna it, one is gonna translate to their to your customers because they're gonna be happy on the job site. They're gonna be talking to the the people in a positive way. They're gonna go above and beyond to help the customer out, and it's also gonna bring in great people. Like there's your hiring team right there. Those people are gonna bring their friends in. It happens at Chick Fil A all the time. You yep. you start as high school at 16 years old. You go to school. Oh, you got a job. I want a job. Oh well, I work at Chick Fil A. It's a good environment. It's pretty good hours. We make decent money. Come work here. Mm-hmm. And like that, it is what it is. Like it, it, the proof is in the pudding. And so, guys, I think you just have to stop. And when you're at the beginning of the business, and maybe you're not at the beginning of the business, but you realize you've gone on for five or ten years and you have no culture, you have no process, you have no system, you have no training. You've got to reset and go back to zero in those areas. Yeah. And, and this is, I'm talking to myself included, like these are things that we're going to be doing in the spring that we've never done before to this level. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to do that and implement it. Um, we're coming up on the end of 2023 here. Fiscal year's ended for a lot of companies. When does y'all's end? Yeah, 2023, at the end of the year. Yeah. It ends at, it ends December? Oh, December, 20, okay. December 31st. Yeah. Okay, okay. I know some people run it in like October or November, right? Don't they end? Yeah, some end in October. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just know that it does. So it shows how uh, up to up, up to date on finance or uh, how, uh, what is the word, educated on finances that I am. But I'm just sitting here trying to build our business and, and learn from others. We're coming up on the end of the year. We've been talking a lot of money on this trip, just like systems, principles, like uh, mindsets of money. I think a lot of guys that are listening to this show, uh, probably myself included, are sitting here looking at your bank account and you're like, this is not what I want to have in here at the end of 2023. We're up here in business. We didn't make enough profit. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Um, what are y'all's takes on, like, let's talk a little bit of finance. Just, like, how you, how do you, what are some things you do in your personal life that you want to um, maybe share about and, and talk? Because, Aaron, we've talked about this. You work at W job. You have the entrepreneur mindset, mm-hmm. the investing, the growing the real estate. No, you're starting out, like, going into the business. So, like, you're, you're learning and growing as you do this as well. So what are y'all's, um, let's, I don't know, just talk through your finances. Like, what are some, some processes and things that you're trying to implement uh, moving forward in life? Because for us, it's like we're trying to invest regularly, um, mm-hmm. get, get some of those things set up. And you, you, can never, you can never invest too much into yourself. I'm a big believer in that yep. as far as, like, educating yourself, putting yourself in the right rooms, right scenarios. Um, situation. So, yeah, what what are you nothing nothing specific? I I think some of the the times, you know, I think I go through phases where I'm like like nailing it with my, you know, budgeting and my personal finances and I go through phases where I'm like not, you know, where I need to be. I, I'd say I'm more in the middle right now. Yeah. And I think the times I've been the most successful like in, in like having a budget, sticking to it, like investing is like when I automate more things, like when I mm. have my you know, we just have a Roth IRA that we invest in. When I have that set up to automatically withdraw every two weeks and then automatically invest in a certain, you know, account um, or a certain investment, which yeah. for me is just the, you know, total stock market index. Um, 
then you know that's taken care of and I can focus on other things but the more I have to like manually like do things myself the more like I tend to fail over time and and also just having more margin in you know our finances because um, we you know the last year and a half so we have one rental property that was our old house or condo we lived in now we have a current mortgage we also have a car loan yeah, that we didn't have before and uh, just more expenses overall so like we don't have as much margin as we used to so we're having to learn how to live on you know less margin but also i want to have that margin back because i realized just the the freedom it brings to have yeah. more margins so i think living a life with margin but you know like you said earlier like focusing on, okay how can i make more money to have that margin not you know save less i think elon musk had a quote that says like it's he said it's infinitely easier to make more money to create margin than it is to save money to create margin. Yeah. And um, sometimes it's hard to really think that that's true, yeah. but like it really is. Like there's so Especially many opportunities. World, yeah. There's so many opportunities out there. You just have to be willing to find them and go after them. It's not easy. That's the thing. You got to realize it's not to. You, you got to work for it. Yeah. It's People think easy. it's overnight. Yeah, and you have failures, and we've had business failures um, in, in our you know life. We've had an Amazon business. We try to get up and running ran into uh, COVID um, <laughs> issues with that. And, uh, um, but yeah, I would, I would say for me, just automating as much as you can and having margin helps like personal finances to be successful, at least in, in our case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we're pretty young, like we're, I've been mentioning, but we, we set some end of year goals that we just, as far as revenue goes. Um, and, and, and it started from uh, well, let's just do this one thing. We know if we can do this this thing, and it was have so many interested. We call them interested conversations with with potential clients. It's like we can have this many interested conversations with potential clients. We can make our revenue goal by the end of year. So we set and we man, God has blessed us un- unbelievably, and we we crushed our end of year goals. And so we're you know really sitting in a good spot, uh, a lot better than we thought we would. And yeah. our biggest thing was just. I saw once that it was like view, and I think me and Aaron may have talked about this the other day. It was like if you take two salesmen and their goal is to make a hundred thousand dollars, and one makes a hundred thousand dollars, and you see his phone calls go down, you see his he starts coming to work a little bit later because he, he hit his goal, yeah. and you see the other guy hits a hundred thousand dollars and his phone calls double. He's coming to work an hour earlier, staying an hour later, and that's kind of been our mentality. It's like we hit we crushed our end of year goal, and we were talking. You know, I'm, I'm not with him right now because we're on vacation. We were talking yesterday, and I said, man, let's let's ramp up those interesting conversations and. And I think for us, like our biggest thing is just we still haven't paid ourselves yet, mm. and we're it's in a weird way. It's like we see how much our company's making, we still don't want to pay ourselves. Mm. We we're, we've been pushing that back. Like I I don't make a dime, he doesn't make a dime, I and mean, it's going into our business account. But uh, I mean, we're not pulling, we're not. It's going out, going into our personal accounts. Yeah, you're reinvesting. Yeah. And so I think that was the biggest thing for, and you just mentioned like investing investing into yourself, and so that's pretty much what we're doing. You know, we work 40, 50 hours a week, making phone calls, putting together a training manual putting stuff together for our Instagram and that's it. There's nothing on yeah. Friday. Nothing hits my bank account. Yeah. It's tough. Um, and it is. And, yeah. and, but you know, I, I, as I was growing up, I always thought like, let like, just save as much money as I can. If I can just save as much money as I can. And now I'm thinking if I can just put more money into this thing. And so one of the biggest things I want to start doing uh, come January is investing more into property. And, and my partner, he's got five or six properties himself and, and he flips homes. And so and that's your best hedge against inflation is, is real estate. So, that's something that I'll, I I really plan on investing in uh, come next year is, is is rental properties. When did you have that flip from save 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 to create 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 or whatever you want to? Uh, probably with. this year for sure. I, you know, 
I'm the type that I, I've just been a saver in general. I, yeah. I have a hard time spending money on myself. I'll go into a store, I'll pick a pair of pants up, and I'll walk in the store in the morning, I'll put the pants back. You know, I, I just have a hard time spending money on myself. My wife, um, not that this is a negative thing, but her thing is she wants to spend money on experiences, like this trip. Yeah. I mean, we were stressing. I was like, babe, this is, I mean, we're starting to make, we're trying to make a, you know, grow this company. I mean, this is going to be hard for us to do. But her mindset was, I want to do this for Mill. This yeah. will be a great thing for Mill. And it, and when I, and I appreciate that because then I was able to say, you know what, you're right. Let's do this. And yeah. so then my mindset turned into, okay, How I don't want to save a bunch of money because what does that do? And that was something my dad also told me is not to hoard money. But now if I grow the money that I have and I invest in things, what more can I do for Sam and Mill and yeah. future kids we have? So that's, I think, getting married and having a child turned it into, if I save money, my kids can't do anything. My wife can't do anything with that money. It's just sitting in a bank account. But if I invest it in my family, invest it in myself, and I grow you know, my net worth, then my kids can, can have things that I want to do. My wife can, can be a stay-at-home mom like she wants to do, and homeschool like she wants to do. And that's yeah. the stuff that's important to me. Yeah. No, that's, that's huge. I mean, it, there comes up when you reach that point of, of realizing that and truth be told, getting, getting your spouse on board, that's the thing. Like, it's not easy. It's not easy to get your spouse on board with that mindset uh, if, if they're not used to it, if they've, if they've been raised differently, if they've uh, gone just – like, Savannah was not raised that way. Savannah's raised same, like, save, save, save. We're strict budget. We don't do this. We don't do that. Um, and that's been kind of a thing of, like – like it's hard, it's hard for her to take risk. Those are things that we've had to work through in our marriage because my brain just isn't wired that way. Like it, it it's hard, it's hard. Like it is genuinely just me being open, real, and honest. Like it is hard for me to have conversations and be around people who are so close-minded like that. Like I, I have to genuinely just like suppress myself and like make myself shut up because I will say things that are totally inappropriate to be said, just it, of no ill will or intent. Just because my brain can't think, like, it literally does not operate that way. When they say, like, they save, they, they, they won't spend money here, they won't spend money there, they, they won't. And it, I don't, I'm not against saving money. You need to save money. That's not what I'm saying. You don't spend all the money you have. But it's just the mindset of, like, I hear people talk about um, going to the same job every day that they hate or things like that. And I'm like, change it. Yeah. Like, that, that's my mindset. Like, you, there's no one locking you in a box and throwing the key away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you go through life with this mindset of, I'm stuck here, I can only make this much money, I have to save my $6,000 a year for my Roth and let it grow, and that's it. Like, that's where I start to have issue, mm-hmm. is when you feel like, and you and you live life like you're locked in a box like that. Like, you're not. Everyone has the same potential to do anything. Like, two years ago, did you think you were running a, a moving company? <laughs> like... No. I moved down to Florida with my car and my clothes. That was it. That's yeah. all I had when I moved down. I didn't have an apartment yet. I didn't have anything. And I was like, it'll figure itself out. Yeah. And yeah. So you, you kind of have that mindset. Chase did not turn the timer up. Everybody get real. Uh, <laughs> everybody get rappy. The, the waves quit, though. Chase going to turn the timer back on? going to get cold in here. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be in a cold tub. No, not uh, at all. Oh, that'd be an interesting podcast. A cold, a cold plug. Oh, man. Well, uh, that, that'd be a quick podcast. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Hart does that. Oh, uh, you're right. He cold as that. balls. I think is what it's called. Really? Yeah. yeah. And he goes. He they sit in. They they make it last longer. By they start with just their feet in it. Okay. And yeah. then they'll get down. So that way he can actually make it last a little longer. But um, uh-huh. I mean, I, I want to do one one day just for the like just to say I've done it. People that do it every day. I don't know. like me and you talk like just taking a cold shower. Like it's that. Tough. That's hard. It, it, I did it for. I think I made it a week, and then I was like, ah, I gotta go back. Fully to submerging show. myself. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how. I would like hyperventilate. I don't know where yeah. I would. Like you have to 
So did you get the it. point? I've done. I've done. I've probably done like a, like a like probably 15 ice baths this year because I got into running. It help. It helps with my legs. Like. Oh my god! Like if I didn't do it, I would have like been in trouble. Really? But, I do yeah. enjoy ice. Like I know after I had knee surgery, I would ice my knee every day after a workout, or I would go play ball. And I, I generally enjoyed. I looked forward to it. Like going and getting that ice and wrap around my knee, I, I looked forward. So I could see that. Like if I was into like running and, and stuff like that, just at yeah. least my waist down, just getting an ice bath, I feel like that would be. Yeah, I usually I got shoulders it. down, and it was it took some getting used to. Ooh. But uh, um, I do cold showers every morning, and I started last November. And uh, it's it's gotten easier. Yeah. You know, here, down here it's actually not even that cold. Like up yeah. in Alabama right now, it's actually pretty cold. Yeah. And then when we went on a trip to Switzerland last year, <laughs> that was the coldest cold ever. <laughs> you stuck with them? Uh, I, I, I didn't do it all the way cold there because okay. it was it felt like a glacier. Uh, yeah. it, it was like in the mountains. Um, but yeah, it, like at first I had to do like I was I told myself I said once I get in there, once I start counting down from five, it's like once you get to one, there's no decision to be made. I'm I'm gonna step in there. And so at first I had to count down five every time. Now I get in there and I start to count down and I'm like, I'm just going to do it anyway. So I just walk right in the, the cold water. So it, it how gets long easier. Do you, how long do you take the whole shower like that? Mm-hmm. Do, you, now, do you get, do you wash pretty quickly? Now I don't like, you know, I don't wash <laughs> my hair every morning. So like sometimes I'm just doing it in my face and my body. So it's like yeah. a two or three minute shower. Yeah. So but I, it's definitely not my long shower of the day. Yeah. When I get home at night, that warm shower. That warm one. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think I could do it. <laughs> Take a normal shower, normal hot shower, and then like turn it to cold and let it like run over me for twenty seconds, and then that's, hop out. That's I what could, I do. That's I how do most that. people get started. Yeah, and that's what I do. I feel know. like I used to do that as a kid actually when I was like in high school and I was just not awake. I would mm-hmm. like real quickly turn it on and hop out, and that was just like shoot. After I did that, I started doing that like after basketball games and stuff, just like um, hitting it for thirty seconds. I don't know. It might not actually do anything, but my mind in my mind it did. Like it made me feel better. Yeah. Like running on my bones and stuff, just muscles. Um, it, it felt like it worked, and hey, I'm sure some of it's a placebo <laughs> effect. You know, I was like, literally about to say that I'm actually a big believer in like the placebo to to an extent. I, but I think if if you can do something that puts you in a mindset of positivity, then I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, if you're, I mean, don't go like full cultish with it and think that like <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You, you you know you can do anything. But like crystals, I, right? Yeah, <laughs> yo, God, don't even get me started. Um, but I definitely think that yeah, if you can take that time to. Like you were saying, you just felt better. It was, it's the yeah. same thing with, like, I'm not superstitious, but I remember when I was playing sports, if I had a pair of socks that I played good in, you I wanted to keep wearing them. And yeah. I genuinely didn't think that it made me play better. But if I felt better. You just wouldn't wash them. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> um, but I, I did have the you know the, the pleasure of uh, my coach in, in high school was Brody Cruel, who was, you know, played at Alabama and played in the NFL. And that was, he would always say, you know, uh, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. And. And so that was just kind of the mentality I would have. I mean, I wouldn't get paid. I was just a high school kid. But yeah. I, I genuinely, I mean, you feel good. And that, to now, I think if I wake up, you know, I have a good breakfast, I spend some time with my wife, I think that just sets the day for me. And, again, like there's nothing physical that's happening there. But mentally, uh, it just sets your day yeah. above, you know, another day. Especially doing it, like, in the morning, like having those wins early on, you know, that, you know, I'm sure there's that uh, – there's that video on YouTube of that uh, military guy who talks about making your bed. I'm sure everybody's Jocko. seen that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Jocko. Yeah, yeah. It's Jocko. And uh, like, you know, I don't make my de- my bed every morning because Abby's asleep when I get up. But <laughs> yeah. like, you know, when I feel like I get my morning routine done in the morning, I feel so much more confident going into the day. Even though, I think some of it is a placebo effect because like I'm not going to be that much different after just you know the little bit I did that morning. But the consistency that's brought, and even just the you know checking that off the list, like you feel like okay. I've started the day productive, 
heading in the right direction. I want to continue today. Yeah. That's well. Jordan Peterson talks about that in his book for 12 Rules of Life. And he talks about make your bed. Yeah. Just every day, just make your bed. That was one of the rules. And it's not because making your bed is going to do anything, like you're saying, to you that actually makes you a better person, but mm-hmm. it's a consistent behavior. And I think that really it's just discipline. If you discipline yourself, and, and I think one of the, the big things that really I've been focused on later, and I don't remember who said this to me, but I, I always struggle with things like, man, I'm just not motivated. You yeah. know, And it can be anything, going to the gym, eating cleaner, uh, sitting down and, and doing some stuff for work when I just don't want to. And I, I would always say, man, I'm just not motivated. And I remember I was talking to this guy who's a big gym buff. And I was like, how do you, you, know, how do, you do that? And he said, I'm not motivated either. He said, but I'm disciplined. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, this, where I was like, oh, you know. And so I think um, that, that's been my mentality as of late is to not focus so much on do I feel motivated, but because I don't feel motivated, do I, need, do I have the discipline to do whatever it is that day that I'm not feeling motivated to do. Yeah. There were a lot of days on Sunday Hard I was not motivated, but I, we were disciplined. <laughs> like, we were disciplined. And that, I mean, two workouts a day, I did not want to do it, but we did it. And it, and it just literally comes back to it. Like, Andy Fussell talks about that all the time. Like, it, he calls it your, your B voice. Like, there's, there's a voice in the back of your head that wants to shut you down, wants to keep you in the bed, doesn't, doesn't want you to get up. And it's like, you, can't let, you cannot let that voice win, especially not in the morning like that. Mm-hmm. Because when they do, when it does, your whole day is going to be thrown off. And, and I will say that, like, back to the whole, like, morning routine and things. It, every, that's different for everybody. For some people, it might be working, waking up at 8 o'clock. Like, you might just be you, – you wake up at 8, but you stay up until midnight and work. Like, it mm-hmm. just depends on what it is for you. Um, <laughs> I think uh, – excuse me. I think across the board, usually getting up early is effective. And, like, for me, we play basketball at 5 a.m. sometimes, and it's, like, a couple times a week. And people are like, 5 a.m., like, what do you do play basketball at 5 a.m.? I'm like, that's the way that I get up and get moving. And, like, at 4.30 when my alarm goes off, I'm like, I do not want to do this. Like, they got 12 guys, they can do it. Like, we're good. <laughs> I don't need to be there. But then I, like, lay there and lay there. And I'm like, God, okay, let's get up. And I get up, and the first 10 minutes suck. Like, the first 10 minutes are just terrible. But then you get in the car and you start driving, and you get there. You get moving. And by 6.15, 6.30, I'm like, I'm so glad I did this. There has never been a day I've woken up and gone and played, and when we finished, I said, I wish I wouldn't have played. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes back to is, like, you get up, you do your routine, whatever that is for you. How many times, once you finish that and you progress with your day, are you going to be like, man, I wish I didn't do that today? Mm-hmm. Like, but what you're, what's going to happen is, like, when you don't get up and you say, God, like, I wish I would just got up and started my day. Like, we should have just done it. Like, now my whole day is thrown off. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's it's the shower theory. <laughs> shower you're never, theory? You're never going to regret taking a shower. You're never going to be like, man, I wish I didn't take that shower. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I've never, yeah. I've never regretted taking a shower. Maybe before. some people yeah. with a cold shower, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once you yeah. get in it, you're like, I Warm shower, this theory. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, are you a, like, turn it all the way to hot guy? No, I'm like... No, I mean, but uh, Abby is. Uh, I think women are that we way. We were just like, talking like, about that. Oh, like, women yeah. burns yeah. your skin. Yeah. And I'll have it on, like, what I think is very hot, and Sam will be like, oh, it's cold. And I'm, like, is that a plane? struggling. It's a drone. There was like. apparently SpaceX is supposed to have some. Uh, my, my cousin lives <laughs> down here, and he was telling me they've got some stuff coming back in. to Orbit? Yeah. Like coming back in? They launched. Uh, we saw it launch. Were you Monday. here? That's what it was. That was had, yeah. No, but I didn't see it. But that's what he said they were launching. That's what we it was. We got a video yeah. of it Monday. Y'all got to see the launch. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That was that's sick. What it, was. it was just a massive ball of fire. And then we watched it. Once it detached, they came back down and landed. I did hear, and he was telling me this, I think today, actually. He was saying, if you pay attention, you'll see satellites, too. 
But that's wild. Yeah, it is. Technology. What were we? What were we saying? What was? Oh, the hot shot. Yeah, it's women in general. Oh yeah, yeah, hot water. Like my mom. Like when she would wash dishes. Like I would be like, "What do you?" And Savannah's the same way now. Like she will turn that water on hot as hot as it can be, wash the dishes, and I'm like. I've, I touch it. I feel like, <laughs> like layers of my skin are coming off. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's normal. I don't know. Their pain different. index, I think, is just different. I mean, they have to deliver a baby. Yeah, I, I don't. That's that's, just, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, uh, that's that's wild. I mean, I stubbed my that. toe in there, and I thought I was going to lose it. <laughs> I'd break down <laughs> so and cry. Funny. Oh, man. Yeah, we were playing some pool. At, uh, Aaron and Noah are pool sharks. Oh, okay. You beat us twice Jeremiah by yourself. Beat us twice by yourself. <laughs> yeah. anybody didn't know. Um, it, they, they, were, they were trying to... What is what is the word? Uh, hustle. Yeah, hustle trying to, yeah, trying to hustle me pretty big, but came yeah, out with a dub <laughs> when I needed to, so <laughs> stepped up to the plate. Uh, man, it's been yeah, guys, it's been a good trip. It's been fun um, for sure. I think it is crucial time. You need to take time to get away, like you're saying. Though, like it, it's not always easy. It's not it doesn't always make financial sense. If we're uh, being totally it, honest. It, like literally, it caused arguments. I mean, yeah. I. I Remember, I was like, this is not, it's funny you said financial sense. I remember having, like, it is not financially wise for us to do this trip right now. Yeah. Um, but, I, and just absolute, I just, I mean, Sam did amazing. I mean, she literally worked so hard, was saving up all her money. And it was because she had a goal and said, I want to make this happen. And it was all about, it wasn't about her being selfish and I want to take a vacation, I want to have a vacation. It was all about Mill. Yeah. And I, and I thought that was just, I was, I just think, she was incredible. I'm so proud of her because she was like, I, I want this. I want to do this thing. And she worked and she saved up all the money and she um, we made it happen. Um, I mean, so she she did yeah. it. And yeah. it was, it, I had to just say, you know what? Um, you're right. This is a trip that would be good for us. It'd be good for our family and, and memories for Mill. And, I, and now that I'm here, I mean, I'm so glad. I mean, it's so much fun watching Mill run up to Mickey and, and Minnie and stuff. And, and, and it's it's one of those things, like, rarely at the end of, of a trip like this do you say, man, I wish I would have stayed home. <laughs> like, that, yeah. rarely, that rarely happens. I wish I would have worked more. Like, that typically doesn't happen. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I think we were talking, maybe we mentioned this the other day, but, like, getting to, it was on the podcast the other day, getting into your life, you know. Yeah. People don't say, oh, I wish I would have worked more. Oh, I wish I would have, you know, um, built this, you know, you know. Maybe they talk about building a company, but it's mainly about, like, their family and the people they know and spending more time with them. Those are the things they wish they would have done more of. And like things like this, you know, that we're doing this week, like that's what we're going to remember. Yeah. And it's, you know, like you talk about having a strong why a lot. Like it's it's the why that gets these things. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. the, the work worth it. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of people think, well, I've got, you know, 20 more years of this or whatever. Like just say we go, we're going to go to, you know, Disney for however many years. And it's – or. I think about a lot with my parents. You know, my parents are in their early 50s, so they could, you know, I could have 30 more years with my parents. But I don't see my parents every day. So I only, and I I don't remember who said this, and and again, everything I say that sounds nice, it did not come from me. But he said, you don't have 30 years left of your parents. You have so many moments left with your parents. You know, you only have, you know, so many Christmases left with them and so many weekends left with them. So many. Jesse Itzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's, that really put it in perspective for me because it's like, and even just Sam, we're not with Sam 24-7. So I only have so many mornings I get to wake up with Sam. So many, you know, bath times. Like especially with Mill. I mean, eventually I'm not going to be giving Mill baths yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. And there's some times where I just don't. She, especially because she fights us on on brushing her teeth and stuff. Um, and there's somebody again, somebody else talking about. Eventually, you know, those little fingerprints on the glass are going to stop showing up, yeah. and it annoys about, you right I think now. About that now. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't. And I, I think that. And Sam's. I don't know how she does it. She's so good about like staying patient. And because I just want, you know, I. I, maybe it's just being a guy. The drama just like drives me nuts sometimes. But eventually, it's one tough. day, 
she's not going to whine and cry and want us. And, and you know, so I, I try to enjoy even the drama at times. Yeah, it is tough. Like, it, that's one of those things that I'm excited to see for you, Aaron, like to experience that those first moments. And, like, that's when people ask us, like, we, we don't have it figured out. We have a one in that two-month, like, 13-month-old. Like, we don't have it figured out. But we have gone through 13 months of his life. And, like, mm-hmm. looking back now, I'm like, just soak it all in. Like, the nights you're up at 2 a.m. and he's and he's crying or the whether he, he just – you're driving around. Like, me and Savannah countless times would just go drive around in the middle of the night. Not the middle of the night. At, like, 8, 9 o'clock. When it, because at, when they're early, like, they just sleep. Like, the, the, there's no, like, sleep schedule or anything. But he would just be crying at home and he wouldn't do anything. But he loved the car. Like, mm-hmm. we would just go drive. Like, would I rather be sitting in my, home, my house at 9 o'clock? <laughs> like, yeah, but we would just go drive. Like, we'd go look at Christmas lights. And those are, like, some of our best memories at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, getting to do that. And so, um, soaking those moments up is something that I think everybody does need to take a little bit more advantage of. Take the take on the financial risk. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough when you get into that because I, I don't want to make you – I don't want to advise you to make a bad financial decision. If you don't need, like, you can't go on every trip. You can't go on every vacation. <laughs> but at the same time, you want to make those memories. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You and, and you have to learn some delayed gratification. I believe there's a time in life where you're going to say, "Hey, these next 12, 18, 24 months, like we're building, we're growing, we're going to miss out on some things, but we're we're playing the long game here." And, and we have friends who have done that, like serious delayed gratification five years ago had nothing five now they are building a lot more than most people ever do in their entire lifetime Mm -hmm. and it's changed in the course of five years because they said no to a lot of things and it's one of those things that just it's hard in the moment you got to be you got to know your why you got to push through but with all of that said Take one trip a year. Take some. Take the moments to spend with the family and, and create those memories. At the end of the day, yeah, um, yeah, it's good. I don't know. Yeah. You got anything else? I uh, man, I really like what you were saying earlier. We we're talking about you know people thinking they're locked in a box and just have to go there nine to five and do that stuff. And and you, you trying to remember the exact word you said is, is is everyone has the same opportunity. That, that's what you said. And you know that something that gets thrown around a lot is like privilege and oh I didn't have this I didn't have that and, and it really falls back and it's it's a it's a mentality and it's the same type of people that when they get fired they blame it on anyone else yeah um, because they think well the government has you know the the way the inflation is now I can't afford a home and the way that our parents and grandparents left the country to us and the way that you know minimum wage is too low and it, and everything is everyone else's problem. And I've just heard so many people talk about how if all you ever do is every wrong thing that happens in your life, and maybe it is. I mean, you, there are plenty of people that their life is just terrible. And you, I, I know those people. It's they like, got a bad straw. They, yeah. they did. And but I also know so many people that have that bad draw, and and they are killing it, mm-hmm. you know, and and have done so many great things. And so I look at them and think, okay, it's so it's possible. And and I when you when you just set up everything in your life as a crutch that everything that bad that's going to happen to you is just it's the fault of someone else it's because I didn't have this it's because you know I have a disability here or, or I, my parents didn't make so much money and and I think when not to say those things don't matter but if you're someone that I guess is listening right now and that's you're in that boat that's like I, I just don't have that kind of money my parents were poor I took on debt I took you know that may be true and it your life might really suck right now um, but if you can say that stuff's true, it sucks, but I got to do something to move forward from this. That's where the first step's going to take because 
it'll, your life will be that way forever. Yeah. I, I can I can almost guarantee you your life will be crappy forever if all you do is sit around and talk about how you're not going to be able to do anything because you don't have that privilege and opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, perspective is everything. There's that, that quote, um, you can't go back and change the past, but you can start where you are and change the future. And it's like you can't change your upbringing. You can't change the, you know, the, yeah. the hand you've been dealt sometimes. But if you have the perspective that, hey, has someone else in life had it harder than me and gotten through it? The answer is always yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, if that's true, then it's like, okay, well, they're a person. You're a person. That's I always think. It's like, then if they could do it, I can do it. Right. right. And I breathe I've, the same oxygen. Yeah, same oxygen. You right. know, maybe they're a little smarter, but, you know, hard work can outbeat, you know, yep. intelligence any day. So, like, it just it may take a little longer, but you can get there. Yeah. I, my, my dad is one of those people, you know, he grew up dirt poor. Um, his he didn't have anything. He talks about it a lot, and he's done very very well for himself. And and he owns again, he owns some property, and he, he's so. I mean, really is one of the definitions of self made. And and uh, and I I mean I have. I'm not naive to the fact that I've grown up uh, very privileged, and and so I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, it's not that hard. You can do whatever you want. Um, because really, it was I, I I would say end of end of my undergrad, beginning of my graduate career, I was struggling and it was from the mentality of why is God putting me through the things he's putting me through um, and this is what's important to me is, is where my relationship is with God and so but I was in a place where I was so frustrated with why God was had dealt me the hand he had dealt me and I was so mad and, and when you finally just hand everything over to God and say look I don't know why you're doing it, but I'm going to trust that you know you're working this out for, for the glory of you and I think my perspectives have shifted and said when bad things happen, instead of saying, well, okay, well, what, what, what bad thing's going to happen next is what, what good's going to come out of this? What, what mm-hmm. opportunity's going to happen out of this? What door is God going to open? And even if a door doesn't open, even if an opportunity doesn't come, I think that that just mentality alone has really helped me yeah. just to step back and say, look, you know, if he's going to take care of the birds and, and, and feed them, I think I'll be all right. Yeah, we did a, speaking of Jocko, I, I did a show on this a couple weeks ago. There's only one answer, and it's good. Yeah. Jocko, have you seen that video? That's a good yeah. video, yeah. Like, it, it, good. Like, that's what you say to anything. And when you when you attack it with that mindset, it, it makes you turn things into a positive, put a positive spin on things. Like, mm-hmm. and you can do that with anything. Yeah. Like, literally anything. Like, you can do that with death. If you're a person of faith and your relative dies, you know what you can say? You can say, good. We're going to have a funeral. We're going to present the gospel, and people are going to get saved. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's literally, an, it, there's, in any situation, you can say good and, turn, and put a positive spin on it. And it's not easy to do, but it's a mindset. It's a discipline that you have to implement into your life. And that whole thing of, like, you can blame the way you're raised. And, like, we, like, get, we have, I have people that I went to school with that I've grown up around that have kept that mindset. Mm. That mi- like, And I know, like, they blame everything on their past. They blame everything on the way they were raised. And they are raised in a broken home and this and that and the other. And they didn't have anything. Did that make it a little tough for 100%? I'm not going to be – I'm not going to stand and say that like, – I haven't gone through that. But I know that you sat here and <laughs> – oh, the water's off again. It's going to be really quiet. Aaron, oh <laughs> Aaron, you can say, like, you didn't have it easy. Like, mm-hmm. your parents passed when you were early in life. Mm-hmm. Like, really young. Chase came out of nowhere. I did not. Our producer Chase. Yeah, that's right. Chase is the producer behind the scenes. He's over there messing with the mixer. Um, You're turning to a cold brew. Yeah, (laughs) that's about what this hot tub feels like. Your parents died when you were how old? 
Uh, my mom when I was 12, my dad when I was 25. Okay, so your dad raised you and how many siblings? Six total. From a pretty young age on. Yeah, the youngest was two when my mom passed. Like, you can't sit here and tell me you didn't have it easy. Like, you, you did not have it, like, easy. Mm-hmm. You had to work. You had to learn. You had to grow up. You had to mature really early on in life. Mm-hmm. You could blame a lot of you could blame a lot of things on that. You could say, well, I didn't have a mother who loved me, or I didn't have like, I didn't have that relationship, that that's that parental um, guidance from a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. And you could say all that, and you could use it, and and there might be some validity to it. Yeah. But where would that get you? Yeah, it's not helping anything. It's not helping anything. And that's what I don't I don't understand why guys do that. And, and I'm preaching to the choir. Most of you guys listening are in this position of, you you don't think this way because you're you're running a business, but it's just that that. Like, when you can get that out of your mind of, like, stop blaming other people for your mistakes. And, and and not even your mistakes, but just, like, your life your life circumstances. It just is what it is. You can't change it. Just adapt and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. That that kind of – that topic gets me fired up because I see, I see people who are my age, and I see where I am, and I see where they are, and there's no reason they shouldn't be past where I am. Except mm-hmm. for the fact that they just make decisions, make bad decisions, and, and make excuses. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, that's why I'm so thankful for my dad. And I, I, you know, he just, like I was saying, grew up so poor. And, and I remember, he's like the hardest worker I've ever met in my life. I yeah. mean, he always, growing up, he did, he had so many different things. Like I said, he owns rental properties, always had some, you know, he would go sell scrap and uh, just anything to, to provide. And again, wanting to have all this money to save up, but it was because he wanted to put me in college. He wanted to, and, and, and something I, I hated that we talked about, you know, why would why is this going this way now? And you look back on it, you're like, I'm glad that happened. And he, man, he worked me. I was probably cutting grass at nine years old, and I, I would work in scrapyards with him by 12, 13 years old. And I remember one day we were working like dogs, um, and I was sweating. I, I, I couldn't have been but 13 years old. And I remember like, Dad, why are we doing this? Why are we working? I mean, we had I had nice. I went to a private school. I had yeah. a car. You probably weren't I making had, money doing it either. No, I, and I yeah. just remember like. Why are we doing this? And my dad looked at me and said, son, I'm trying to break this curse on our family and it starts with you. Mm. And I'll never forget that because it was like, I'd, and, I went, and then when I finally got to talk to my dad, now that I'm older, I mean, we, might have, we have more of a friendship relationship. We'll go have breakfast together and he'll talk to me about things, talk to me about finances. And that's one of the things that I've seen is just he's, all he's ever known is men in his life have worked yeah. their selves to death. And he was like, I'm not putting my son through that. And mm. so I, it was a huge, huge accomplishment for him to be able to send me to college, be able to watch me start my business. And I, I, it's been awesome to see, it's weird to say this, but it's been awesome to just kind of see how proud my dad has been of me. Mm-hmm. And, and a, I don't know if that sounds weird to say, but because I just have so much respect for him to be like, I, hey, I, you know, I've seen how much work you put in for me, and I'm, hopefully I'm seeing, you're seeing that your hard work pay off in me, through me. Yeah. It has to make you happy a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It just is what it is. Like it, and I think you probably like, it, it just, it goes back to any, Anybody that you have influence over, anybody that you are some sort of leader for, you're going to feel that way. Like, if you saw some of your students go on to be professors or whatever, they, like, take on a role that they were in your class for, you're going to be like, well, like, that makes you really proud, Aaron. Like, some of your siblings that are younger that you helped raise, literally helped mm-hmm. raise them, like, you're seeing them now succeed. A lot of your siblings are doing great things, and it has to sit back and just be like, wow, like, that, that makes you proud. I mean, that's... Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's very humbling like when you feel like you know you've been a part in yeah. some of that. And, uh, in not an egotistical way at all. Literally yeah. just like a, hey, this is it's paying off. Like all the time and, and stuff we invested 
it's paying off. Yeah, and there's, there's you, real results. Makes you want to do more of that. Makes you want to be more intentional. Makes you want to continue to pay that forward. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, you know, like people can make excuses and and see the the negative, but like like how I view you know my parents, I don't view it from the lens of like, oh, they died when I was young. I view yeah. it from the I was very blessed to have good parents, even though it was for a short time. Because a lot of people have bad parents for their yeah. entire life. Yeah. And I'd much rather have the parents I did for the short time than have bad parents my entire life. So yeah. Yeah. Um, even though, like I said, there are challenges that came with it, you know, there are, you know, we, you know, we as believers, you know, know there is something after this. We have that to look forward to. Yeah. But also, like, you know, I had the blessing of having a lot of values and hard work instilled in me early on, which now I'm benefiting from. And I know that, you know, it's from them. And that's, yeah. You know, there's always a little part of people that, you know, pass away that you know, live on in us. And uh, getting to see that, especially my younger siblings, yeah. um, is really cool. Yeah. I think that's the way you said that was just incredible. Like, instead of focusing on, well, my parents did pass away, you're, you really do. You just say, no, I had great parents for that, that time. And, and that just goes right back to what we've been saying about in this specific topic with people focusing on the negative because so many people would focus on just the negative but I think that's so admirable to be like no I mean I had great parents for the time I'd much rather have that because I know my parents got divorced when I was two so that's all I've ever known is divorce and I remember when I was very young I remember thinking I wish my parents never got divorced you know now I'm 27 years old and I love I mean I have such a great relationship with my step parents and my step siblings and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to change that and I'm sure that was I didn't get to see it but for my other my older siblings I'm sure it was rough on them but I wouldn't, you know, and I know they would feel the same way. They wouldn't want to change that thing for the world, mm-hmm. having the step-parents we have now. And so I think there's, there's something so admirable about what you just said about being able to say, yeah, that was a crappy situation, but I just don't look at it that way. Yep. You know? That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, the hot tub seems to be getting colder <laughs> by the second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how much longer I can take to <laughs> get a cold plunge by the end of the night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're going to hop My first cold plunge live on the podcast. Uh, but, yeah, guys, I, I hope you enjoyed this. I, I think it's been a good conversation. I hope the, the Jets didn't bother you too bad, but I think we're mic'd up high enough to where it's uh, it sounded all right. If you made it through to this point, thank you for listening to the entirety of the show. It's been uh, it's been a good one. I, I'm excited to just see where the future goes. Thank you all for coming on. Uh, let me do this again one time when we get home, uh, get into some more, go a little deeper and things. I, I enjoy getting to talk to like-minded people, friends, family, and just kind of share our story and what we're going through. So, uh, it really does mean the world to each and every one of us that y'all listening um, out there and, and just support the show, share the show. That's what we need the most. That's the best way the best way to support us. Um, we got Christmas coming up, so I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. If you don't listen to the show between now and then, but we'll have quite a few. But if you move on and, and life doesn't, maybe you're not out on the field on the mower and you don't put your headphones back in, then uh, have a very Merry Christmas. But we're going to sign off from the hot tub tonight. Aaron, uh, Noah, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for having me on, man. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for everything that you do for us. Just continue to help us grow the community one relationship at a time because that's what we're here for. So without any further ado, that's going to wrap this episode up. And we look forward to catching everybody here on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green podcast. It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.